welcome to the I Give It F1 podcast. I'm Allison. And I'm Lynette. And we're here to talk about the latest news in Formula One. Hey, Lynette. Hi, Allison. How have you been doing these past two weeks? It's been um, two weeks since we uploaded, but it's been a very busy two weeks. What do you think? Very, very <laughs> busy. And we have a ton to talk about today. Let's go ahead and get right into it. So this week, we wanted to talk about the car launches. And first up was Haas. What do you think, Lynette? Um, I liked it. I liked it better than just the, like, more of the white. I like the way the black from the top, the view from the top. I like how that black on the side pods look. And um, I also like the MoneyGram logo, the arrows at the top, mm-hmm. how they it looks from from that view as well. Yeah, I think my thoughts are, you know, it definitely looks more modern than last year, more sleek. I would say it's definitely at the top of my list as far as liveries. Yeah, yeah. um, I was surprised. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a big fan of like the mostly white cars. So anything that they can do to switch that up, I think is a good improvement. (laughs) I guess we will move on to the next one, which was Red Bull. Red Bull. And they just did the livery reveal only also. Um, And it's pretty much what everybody expected. (laughs) Not much difference. But, um, I mean, you can't really go wrong with that. It's a nice color scheme. It's what they've been known for now for all these years. It's, you know, they're like iconic colors that they have now. So, um. You know, not much surprise there, but yeah. um, they are going to have three races, the three races here in the U.S. where they're going to have a different livery and they're going to let the fans design that one. So I think right. that'll be fun to see what the fans come up with. And then we also had Daniel Ricardo doing a lot of marketing <laughs> for them. So what did you think about that? <laughs> I mean, it's not surprising, you know, everybody expected for him to be Definitely involved in all of that when they announced him at Red Bull. So, I mean, you have to put him to work for that because that's what the people want to (laughs) see. They want to see him. Yeah, I feel like they are definitely trying to become America's team. Definitely, yes. Just just my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And I think like with the those three different liveries and I'm sure all their merch is going to be, you know, special also instead of the typical colors that they have and because they really want to, you know, make that money with the American audience, you know, they're going to be spending a lot of money on that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Next up we have Williams. Okay. Another one that just showed the livery and I actually really like it. I think it looks really nice. And then we had uh, like that Duracell battery at the top, which they tried, I think a couple of times last year, Um, but now it's here to stay. And I think that was like, the hit of the show when when they revealed the car I had that in my notes Mm. that I actually really liked the Duracell battery at the top (laughs) yeah that's definitely good marketing right there for Duracell they also had the debut of their Gulf sponsorship Mm. Gulf oil they didn't adopt the full color scheme of Gulf oil but I think who knows maybe that's in the future for them but they did have blue a little bit of red Correct. Mm-hmm. And Just a little bit. And then different shades of blue. But I think right. the design was really nice. Um, my thoughts were not amazing. 
<laughs> like you. I know, I know you probably like the Williams car. I I'm not like overly thrilled about it, but I think it's neat. It's a neat li- livery and we'll just have to see if they can perform this year and, and wait till preseason testing. And hopefully they've made some advances, not just mm-hmm. with the livery, but yeah. <laughs> underneath. We'll see when we get to see the actual car out there. Okay. Now the car that everyone's talking about, <laughs> Alfa Romeo, the C43. What'd you think? I wasn't crazy about it. <laughs> really? <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I just didn't like, I thought the placement of the white looked much better than having it black. I think like that red color, I really like that red color that they have. Um, and I think it just looks much better with the white, like it complements it more than with the black. But yeah, and I feel like a lot of people really, really liked it. Yeah, Lynette, I think for once you might have an unpopular opinion, <laughs> a hot take. I know. Lynette's hot takes. I know. Um, so I put in my notes, they displayed a new color scheme with mostly black and red. They have a new title sponsor, Stake, which takes center stage on the new livery. It's an evolution of last year with new regulation changes. And my thoughts were best livery so far. (laughs) I loved it. I thought it was sexy, sleek. Although part of me feels like I'm looking at Ferrari's stepsister. (laughs) Evil stepsister. Yeah. I don't know if you feel the same way, but I was like, oh, wow, Ferrari, what? (laughs) And I think the red also, it's hard to tell with the pictures because the lighting and all of that, but I think the red is a little bit it looks more of a maroon. Like it's not as bright as their usual red that they go with. Right. Mm -hmm. Definitely different reds, but it was giving me Ferrari. It's giving Ferrari. (laughs) (laughs) And then as far as like the car itself, I did see some um, like really only changes on like the side pods and the rear wing Mm -hmm. or sorry, the front wing. Yeah. It was hard to tell with what other changes they had, but yeah. I think we'll see once it's... And they've already had a shakedown, right? Um, I think they did, yep. Well, we will see how it performs this year in a couple of weeks. Next up is Alpha Tauri, the AT04. Mm-hmm. What did you think? My notes. I'm always going back to my notes. <laughs> I wrote so many notes I know. this week. Every time it would, <clears throat> they would release one, I'm like, okay, I need to... Like, look at this good and make my notes because we've got a lot going on here. A lot. And I felt like they were kind of a standout as far as presentation. So they presented at Lincoln Center during New York Fashion Week, which I thought was Mm -hmm. really interesting. Slightly more red than last year, which is from their new Orland sponsorship deal. They wanted to hold the launch in New York to show kind of the growth of Formula One in the country and how its popularity is growing. Mm-hmm. And, and they're a big fashion brand also. So exactly. Oh, perfect. Exactly. They're making changes that could bring it more in line with their sister team, Red Bull, I've noticed. So my thoughts are, I love the lead up in the storyline. The livery is, it's cool. It's not my favorite, but it's cool. I think they did a good job. And yeah, we'll see how they perform. Yeah. Well, I liked it. Um, I think it's a 
big improvement looks wise from last year. Like I said, I'm not crazy about like just that white, you know, they, they had the white and the blue. So I think that red, it's like a pinkish red almost like it really pops. I think it makes a big difference. Yeah. And it looks it's, a, so it's definitely nicer. a pretty livery. I like mm-hmm. it. So next up we have the McLaren MCL 60. So I definitely noticed the side pod changes and the floor also looks a little bit different. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I like also um, the chrome logo on there with the black. So I think the black yeah. looks um, nice on there. It's not as much orange. And I think the color, I'll, they have a lot of colors on there. And I just think it looks, it's a nice combo there. Yeah. How would you, would you rank McLaren high up on your list? maybe in the middle middle mm-hmm. got it I feel like we're gonna have to rank these once they're yeah. all out and see how they oh yeah we have to rank yeah them. <laughs> that's the fun part okay next up was Aston Martin the AMR 23 mm-hmm. so at first glance this one everybody was like it's the same car <laughs> definitely looked like it yeah it definitely looked like it um there was a couple color like I think the only main color change that I saw was at the top like the engine cover um I think um but the, I, the car itself I noticed a lot of changes you have yeah. um you have like the side pods are definitely a lot different um yep. the front wing is different um even there's just uh like I feel like they change the shape of the car a lot, a lot more. Yeah. And it's kind of like, you know, you get the same, pretty much the same livery. So it's like, oh, it's the same car. <laughs> and you have to notice all those details and changes. Like I'll, I think, I feel like they did a lot of aero changes compared to everybody else. I did notice that the British racing green was obviously the forefront, but I felt like it was slightly different. It's it looks not more the same blue green. to me. Yeah. It looks more blue. Mm-hmm. I would have liked to have seen more yellow. I don't know. That's just me. But I know that they have, you know, they have the green, they have the yellow, they want to highlight the green. But for me, the yellow, having more pops of that could have added something a little exciting. Yeah, I agree. The yellow just makes that green pop a lot more and it looks so much nicer with a little bit. And it's, I feel like they only took off really one main part of the yellow and it made such a big difference. It's like, oh, now it's just a green car. Right. Yeah. I mean, I did like the fact that it was the actual car, whereas others don't necessarily show their their exact car at the reveal. Yeah. I don't like when they do that. It feels like either you're not ready or, you know, like you said with McLaren, like it's every, you know, like, just do the car launch, do everything that day. Like, I don't like when they put out some kind of like CGI car or, you know, just put the livery on another car. Um, I feel like you need to see everything. And last but not least, we have Ferrari, the SF23, which was just launched this morning. Did you get a chance to take a look? Yes, I did. (laughs) Did you watch, by the way, any of the launches live or... I watched McLaren live and I watched Ferrari. Okay. Um, Only because it just so happened that I was like online at that time. It wasn't Mm -hmm. that I was trying to, you know, watch one over the other. I just got lucky with the timing. Yeah. Well, I heard Red Bull was a big mess. So. (laughs) Yeah. With their Um, launch and P3. 
people weren't very happy about that one. So, yeah, well, <laughs> that's another story. But so I actually watched this one, um, and that to me is like, okay, that's an exciting car launch. You know, you have the fans involved. They had a whole grandstand. Yeah. Um, you have the car out there. Um, you know, you got to first, they, they played the sound before they even showed the car. So that gets people excited. And then, you know, they debut the car and then you get to see it out on track. And then they have, you know, another grandstand of fans out there. Um, and you have drivers, you know, it's, it's, and this is, I've seen other uh, car launches from them before and they've all been, you know, that same, like in a dark room, you have all the business guys, you know, in their suits talking there. And it's like, okay, nobody, nobody wants to see that. We want to see the drivers. We want to hear the car. We want to, you know, do something fun. And I think they, they did really, really good with their launch. So uh, we'll see how the actual car is. Right. Charles seemed pretty happy with it. Yeah, that little exchange between smooth operator and board personal <laughs> was interesting. That was cute. <laughs> I mean, there's no way they could put a Ferrari out there at with any other color. So yeah, <laughs> but um, I do feel like compared to Red Bull, they do have a little more changes. Like throughout the years, you know, we've seen like we saw that maroon color, right. um, like on the back part, and then they have the white, they've added a lot of white to it sometimes. And then now the black. So, you know, they do change it up a little bit more. Yeah. (laughs) Despite it always, I mean, it has to be a red car. So, but uh, you mentioned the Ferrari on the rear wing, which I think I I really like that because it's like, you know, that iconic Ferrari font, you know, that Ferrari, like you see that and it's like, oh, right. It's like old school Ferrari. Yeah. I think it looks really nice with that. Yeah, I definitely noticed the changes. Um, I noticed the nose, it looks a little slimmer and then it's um, flatter at the tip. And the side pods, they also change the shape of that and the air ducts going into there. So definitely some changes. Right. We'll see how it affects the car. Because we've got some visible changes and then, you know, underneath the suspension and everything else. So. Well, we'll see what happens with the rest of the launches. As we know, Mercedes is tomorrow Mm -hmm. and Alpine is the 16th. When y'all hear this, the Mercedes will probably already be out. Yeah. And I hear, I read that they're pretty much going to be the same, the same livery. Yeah. I also heard, aren't they going to have a bit more red possibly? I heard in an article that they're going to have a bit more red this year um, in this year's design. So I guess we'll see if that happens. And preseason starts February 23rd. Can you believe that? What is that? Like nine days? Yeah, next week, I think already. So we will see how all these new cars end up performing very soon. Let's hear your top three liveries. Top three launches that include launch, livery, lead up, presentation, whatever. Just your top three launches in general. So... The best launch, I think, is going to be with Ferrari just because of the way they did it. It was something different than what they've done before. I mean, I really like the way they got um, all the fans involved and were on the track. And I just think the car always, you know, the car always looks nice, you know, with that red and the black. I think you can't go wrong with that. So um, they were definitely one of the top. And then I'll go with Alpha Tauri just because 
I really like <clears throat> I really like the way the red looks on there. I think it's like a small change, but it makes a big difference, I think. Um, yeah. And then they, you know, they were in New York for Fashion Week. And I think it was really like it really went with their brand. So right. I think that was really nice. And then let's see. Let's go with Aston Martin. Just because, um, I don't know, I just, I kind of like the colors and I didn't see much of the launch, um, but I um, did see they had some fans there. They had some little kids there. And I just thought like the interaction with the two drivers and uh, the audience was really nice. So which one would be your flop? Maybe Haas. I feel like it's just like, oh, here's our car. That's it. Okay. Nothing exciting. Well, here's the livery. Like our car will come later, you know, whenever we're ready. Um, Yeah. And what else? Who else? I guess Red Bull, just because <laughs> they didn't have a. I feel like a brand like Red Bull should have just a really amazing car launch, and they do so many fun things all the time that I feel like their car launch is just like, eh, you know, yeah, you have that that typical like you have the business guys out there talking about sponsors and partners and it's like nobody nobody wants to see that we want to see the car we want to see what changes you've made and you know make it exciting for the fans so okay so my top three let me see here okay I'm gonna break them up so top three number one livery design the design only would be Alfa Romeo they take my number one I just really liked the move to this year and how many changes they made. That to me was really cool. So they take number one for livery, number one for lead up, and just the presentation up until the actual launch would have to be Alpha Tauri. I thought their presentation overall, like mm-hmm. the storyline, the way they involved their drivers, they brought everybody to New York. They really wanted to make it a production. So I thought that was really cool. So they take presentation and then overall launch, like the actual day of the launch, just in general, I think goes to Ferrari for me because just the fact that they included all the fans, they had it at the track. For me, that was really cool. It's authentic and it's something new. Yeah. So the car is overall the same, but I thought overall the launch was super successful. And then I guess the flop for me. I'm going to go with Red Bull. I felt like they didn't do much with the design or the launch, and it was just lackluster overall. It looked like the exact same car. I felt like they were pulling at strings having Danny there, and I think they were leaning on him a little too much in the marketing of it all. So they're going to be my flop. Yeah, because the other teams do have their other drivers and the other ones involved, but you don't see them, like you said, lean on them, right? It's not right. about them right? so much. They're just kind of there, do a couple interviews, do a little modeling with all the new, you know, the new shirts and stuff. And that's, that's about yeah. it. So that's all we have for car launches right now. But we did have a new segment that we wanted to add to the podcast. Whenever we have enough listeners, questions come in. We want to go ahead and make time for that. So we're going to call this segment the pit crew segment. So, Lynette, we have a few questions, and I was hoping you could help us answer them. So, the first one is from Meredith. Which track was the hardest? Also, uh, one thing I wanted to throw out there is that you can ask us anything and everything on these. 
No question is too silly to answer, so you can come at us with absolutely anything, and we'll try to answer. Um, we actually got some fun ones today. Yeah. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> okay. So hardest in... Yeah, I feel like that could be broken down in a few different ways, right? So I was thinking about, like, as far as drive, which one's the hardest? I mean, I've heard Singapore is pretty hard. I also think as far as hardest when it comes to takeovers, probably Monaco, right? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's not much space there to do any takeovers. So whenever you do have a takeover, you got to be very careful because, you know, we've all seen how that could end up (laughs) and there goes your race. Right. So, but yeah, definitely Singapore, I think is one that the drivers say is one of the hardest um, just because of the, the temperature there so hot and humid, it really takes a lot out of them. Um, I mean, they're pretty exhausted once they get out of the car and, you know. Right. Okay. So next question is, is there a height weight limit to be a driver? And I don't think there is. Yeah. I think in general, they're somewhat smaller, right? Because they have to be lighter to not weigh down the car too much, a little thinner. I don't know. I think height really doesn't make much of a difference either. Although I guess in general, I think smaller, like shorter guys probably weigh less. Yeah. And I feel like it was like you, you look at them and it's like, oh, they have to be short because there are so many of them that are like on the shorter end. But then, I mean, you look at Ocon and and George, they're They're over six. Yeah. They're over six feet. So um, that's not an issue at all. And then I think they just, you know, um, watch their, keep their weight low, um, probably want to gain too much muscle to make themselves heavier. So they really have to watch themselves as far as weight goes and their fitness. Okay. Next question. Are you ready for this one? (laughs) Are there F1 groupies? If so, what are they called? (laughs) F1 groupies. (laughs) I don't know what are, what would they be called. <laughs> I don't know of any with the name, but yeah, I haven't heard. I mean, I'm sure they yeah. are out I'm there. Like after all these years, I've never actually heard of much of that. But I feel like there has to definitely be some out there. I don't think there are. I don't. I don't know what they are. I don't know what they would be. <laughs> Next question: Is Ocon single? I don't know. I know he wasn't. He is not single. He's been dating an influencer for a while. She's really cute. I think she's a model. He uh, He's not single as far as I know. I mean, he has the same, he has had the same girlfriend for a couple of years now. So yeah, sorry, ladies. He's, he's off the market. Okay. Last question. What makes a good car launch? I feel like we kind of answered this one already um, yep. while talking about the car launches, but Um, I would say, um, have the car ready for sure. (laughs) The actual car that you're going to, you know, use, um, yeah, have the fans involved and, um, just make it exciting. I think. Okay. So some news that we've been hearing or some rumors that we've been hearing about Aston Martin from Christian Horner is that, um, they have big numbers coming Um, This is what he said. He said, they've been hearing of big numbers coming from Aston Martin ahead of the 2023 season. Mm -hmm. And so this is what Aston Martin is expecting. So 
Um, I feel like Aston Martin has been kind of heading in this direction for a while. You know, they've been expecting um, big things, but I feel like definitely last year didn't really come for them. So um, maybe this year there, there will be some big changes, but I feel, I just feel like they keep saying that big things are going to happen and they don't. So I'm interested to see what, what exactly it is they're talking about. And um, like it says, it's just their expectations. I don't think we've seen really anything else besides yeah. just what they're saying. So, but I do think it's interesting that it caught Christian Horner's attention enough to talk about it. Right. Right. I mean, who knows where we'll be in nine days when the present when the preseason testing starts. But I did recently hear a quote mm-hmm. from Lawrence Stroll where he said something like, when I get excited about something, I get very passionate. And when I get passionate, I win. So, <laughs> I mean, I believe that, you know, he didn't get to where he is yeah. not winning. So, <laughs> yeah, I definitely think it's heading in that direction. How far in that direction, I guess we'll have to see. But mm-hmm. yeah. And also what improvements are the other teams having? Because if they're also having big improvements, it kind of doesn't really move the field in any way. So, yeah. Okay, so you've got our next piece of news and rumors. Sure, I can definitely talk about this one. So Nick DeVries, as you guys know, he is a new driver on the grid. He's actually a pretty interesting driver. We'll learn more about him later. But have you heard that he is currently in a lawsuit for money he owes to a sponsor? I did hear about that. Mm -hmm. Okay, There was um, in the contract that he couldn't be a Formula One driver. Right. Or he would have to pay back the money. So there was some conflict, some confusion and all that wording, apparently. Exactly. So I guess a judge had ruled that this information had not been sufficiently plausible during proceedings and that DeVries had fulfilled all obligations. DeVries had a quote and said, I, compl- I complied with all my obligations under the loan agreement and to Strand and always provided him with all the information he was entitled to under the loan agreement. As far as I'm concerned, the fact that the court ruled in my favor was therefore in line with my expectations. Hopefully the win will die down and I can focus on preparing for the season. So good news for him. Hopefully he's able to hunker down and just, you know, get on the track and focus on that. Yeah, that's good that it's all settled and done with now. So that way he can focus on what he needs to focus on once the season starts. Right. Okay, so... We found out about Red Bull and Ford powertrains, but now we're hearing that they will not get full new F1 engine supplier status for 2026. So what that means is that's going to really affect um, how much money they get um, hmm. instead of being a full engine supplier. So okay. they'll, Ford powertrains will only have 90% of the financial benefits. So that means they're going to miss out on about a million dollars that they could receive. Yeah, I wonder how that came about because they already said that Ford would be their supplier, right? But by 2026. So what do you think happened between now and then? Um, yeah, I don't know. And and also, so the the money, it changes. So for 2023 to 2024, you get the 1 million and then 500 in 2025. 
Um, and then they've already lost $1.5 in capital expenditure benefits. So they have no extra dino time. Um, so I'm not too sure how this all happened and why they would let something like this, you know, slip through and miss out on those, um, you know, that opportunity. Right. See, all it says here is that Red Bull powertrains currently assembles battery packs by, for their Honda engine, so they are considered to have some prior knowledge in this area and will not receive the 10%. Hmm. So, but I still don't get how that doesn't make them the full supplier. So um, yeah. I think we're going to have to look Wait. more into that and see yeah. if anything changes with that too. Mm-hmm. see what they can do. Well, that's all we have on news today. And we wanted to end this episode by giving y'all some information on the three drivers that we don't know so well. They're new on the grid this year. So Nick DeVries, Oscar Piastri, and Logan Sargent. I'll start with Nick DeVries. Um, so he just turned 28, making him actually the eighth oldest driver on the grid. Isn't that interesting? Um, I feel like that's really cool because you know, there's so many young kids coming into Formula One, and I feel like they get signed pretty early, and that's been the strategy for a lot of the teams. They want to find that young prodigy and that they can mold and create the way that they want to create them for their team, but he's pretty old to be a new driver signed to a team, at least, you know, as of late. Yeah, so he's 28, and he's had a lot of experience um, driving with different like series and like different racing series. Um, He's been part of different teams. So I think that's a really good thing um, that something that he brings to the team is like that experience. Um, He's also raced with a lot of the the drivers on the grid right now. So I think it's going to be different than just a regular rookie coming in and not really knowing how how things work, how, you know, a different, how a team like a formula one team works different than others. Um, so I think it's going to be different with him. You know, I think he's gonna, he has that experience. He's, he's going to feel more comfortable. Um, and he's already driven, you know, he's been out on track before. So I think it's going to be different than say just another young rookie coming in. So he is the 2020-2021 Formula E World Champion and the 2019 Formula 2 Champion. He made his debut in F1 as a replacement for Alex Albon and finished in the points, which is great for him. And it shows that, you know, he's capable of making his mark in Formula 1. He also trains with Pierre Gasly's old trainer, Pierre Salmella, and I think they have a really good relationship. I listened to the Towery Talks podcast, and they seem to have a huge respect for each other. I think Nick is super passionate, very competitive, and he wants to be successful. Mm-hmm. And it seems like Peary and him are a great mix. So we'll see how that translates to this, you know, week to week racing. But I think he's getting set up for success for sure. One thing that's really cool about Nick is actually that he drives a mini moog. Uh, he has a flat in Monaco, <laughs> and he instead of driving a, a mini moke around town, he actually drives a mini moke. So super, super cool. I need to look up what that is. <laughs> what is that? Let me see. Oh, okay. <laughs> How funny! I know. Imagine seeing that driving around in Monaco. <laughs> well, he would definitely stand out. <laughs> 
Okay, so next we've we've got Oscar Piastri, and I'm sure you're all familiar with him with all the drama that happened between him and Alpine and McLaren. Um, and basically, Renault had signed him to their driver program and became Alpine after rebranding. Re so he became the reserve driver for Alpine. So then Alpine lent McLaren Piastri when uh, Lando Norris was sick. That's kind of when all of this drama started. Yeah. So we had an open space in Aston Martin once Sebastian left and then they hired Alonso. So that seat now in Alpine was open. So they just assumed that Piastri would be the one to take that seat. Right. Um, but apparently they had, Piastri had different ideas because when they announced it, he actually went and said, no, not on like, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, nothing has happened. I am not driving for them. And everybody was just kind of like shocked, like what <laughs> a driver is just going out there and saying, no, sorry, I'm not driving for them, you know? Yeah. So then finally, once everything was set, it went back and forth for a while. So once everything was settled, he went with Alpine. Hopefully, uh, you know, the rest of his time in Formula One won't be as as wild as that. But um, yeah, so he's um, from Australia and his parents are Italian and he drove he was a driver in 2019 for Renault the Renault Euro Cup champion and in 2020 he was a Formula 3 champion and in 2021 the Formula 2 champion how, what do you think how do you think Lando feels yeah I think Lando is not bothered okay. <laughs> that's my opinion <laughs> but I feel like he's not bothered and I feel like he has a very confident nature about him and it's never really bothered him that he was mm -hmm. driving against Ricardo. I think he's taking this as a, like, I'm the number one driver and I'm going to show y'all kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, <laughs> I think so. I'm, I mean, up to now, you know, if he had nothing to worry about with Ricardo, so he probably is going into it with that same, you right. know, feeling. So um, I think Oscar is definitely going to want to be, making a name for himself and maybe show like, Hey, look, yeah. I've achieved all of this. Don't think that I'm just going to sit back and yeah. And be number two. Okay. So Logan Sargent, he is our American driver from Florida. He's very successful. He was very successful in karting. He was actually a world karting champion. He moved to Europe when he was 12 the British Formula One championship showed he had some potential and he finished third behind Oscar Piastri, which that'll be interesting to see them on track together. Um, fourth in the F2 championship. Oh, yes. Okay, so he actually got fourth in the F2 championship, I believe, last year. So he was able to get his super license points to drive in F1. You know, I've heard he struggled a lot with money and sponsorships to be able to drive. It is so expensive to drive in, you know, these formula races. Apparently, he needed something around like $3 million a year to drive. And that's hard to find in sponsorships. So we see him finally getting supported by Williams in the driver program that they had. And because he finished fourth in the F2 championship, he was able to you know, move up to Formula One. And actually what's so cool about this is from 1993 to present day, only three American drivers have been on the Formula One grid. So 
Yeah, so this is our chance, Lynette. It's our American boy. Oh, finally. And it's perfect timing with everything that's going on in the U.S. with Formula One. He's going to have three home races. Um, Miami will be like his official home race. So, um, but yeah, yeah he, uh, I watched some videos on him because I didn't really know too much about him. I actually mm-hmm. just heard about him in Austin last year because he did go yeah. out on the track during practice. Um, and everybody was excited about that. So that was really when I first started hearing about him and I watched a video on him and yeah, it seems like he did have some struggles, you know, making his way through, through the racing series. It wasn't easy for him. Like let's say, um, Piastri that won, um, the championships like three times being a rookie, you know? Um, so I think it'll be nice to see how he performs and, um, another interesting thing was they announced that he was going to be the driver before he even had enough points on his license. So I feel like they were committed, you know, they're going all in on him, you know, the U S market. I don't know if that helped at all, but, um, yeah, I'm excited to see how he's going to perform. And that's all we have for today, but I did have one more thing. Just one little trivia question for you, Lynette. Okay. Top five longest drivers names do you know who the guy is on the grid with the longest name like full name like full name long or just the name that they use I think I'm gonna go with Charles okay because I've heard he has a pretty long name (laughs) Lord Percival has a pretty long name Charles Mark Hervé Percival Leclerc but it's not the it's not the longest so after Charles it's Hendrick, Johannes, Nick Gassius, Dave Vries, Nick DeVries, <laughs> and then Sir Lewis, Carl Davidson, Hamilton, and then Carlos Sainz, Vasquez de Castro, and the winner for longest name, <laughs> are you ready? Esteban Jose, Jean-Pierre Ocon Kelfane is the longest name, so Esteban Ocon <laughs> wins. <laughs> I love how you say it. (laughs) Girl, I cannot remember my own name if I was him. (laughs) So anyway, uh, that's who takes the longest name in Formula One right now. So for next week, we're going to finish our reviews of the cars, review any new news that pops up between now and preseason, since usually it's a busy time with lots of gossip around the paddock. And the end of February marks season five of Drive to Survive. So we'll recap that in two separate episodes for you all. And please don't forget to rate us and subscribe on Spotify, Apple, iHeart, wherever you're listening. And we appreciate you guys so much. So that's all we have for you guys today. Talk to you next week. (laughs) Bye.